0: Now, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at Luke 17. Andre started last week. He did a, a great job. And he looked at the topic of forgiveness and not bringing others into temptation with how we behave. Um, this should be an example to uh, in our behavior to new believers and also how we handle forgiveness. That forgiveness is not forgetting, but we must forgive and free ourselves from the past by forgiving those who may have hurt us, not waiting till uh, we feel like forgiving, as Andre said, because that may never come. We need to experience the power of forgiveness and then forgive as much as we have been forgiven. It's good to remind ourselves where we are in in Luke as well. Uh, Jesus is journeying towards Jerusalem. We're still in that journey section. Uh, We've been in chapter 16 where Jesus is, uh, speaking to the Pharisee who were traveling with him. And the context of chapter 16, before 17, is two parables where Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. Um, both the parables in that chapter were concerning money, materialism, and a kind of search for status. And Luke sums up in chapter 16, verse 14, those parables. It says the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard these things and they ridiculed him. And then Jesus told this quite shocking parable of the rich man and Lazarus that Jesus really uh, looked at and went through really well, uh, where the two men were separated on earth and in eternity by wealth and condition uh, and separated by earthly choice and response to the good news of the kingdom. And we connect these chapters, 16 and 17. We don't separate them because they have a different number. It's not like turning a page and starting a new chapter. Those numbers are there for our convenience. They, the writer Luke didn't put them there when it was originally written. Uh, Jesus' ministry often followed a pattern of public and then private. He was teaching the, the Pharisees in public and then in private to the disciples. He would often tell a parable in public and then explain it in private to the disciples and here in Luke 17 he starts by looking at what it means to be different from those who are searching for status and self-promotion by thinking of those who are new in their faith what Andre looked at and forgiving which is so key and he's teaching into what will be a new community of believers the church what it means to be a follower of Christ he has a high call I mean, and last week, what Andre was looking at, they think, you know, they should forgive three times because that's what they have been taught. But Jesus says seven times. This is, of course, reflected in Matthew 18, 15 to 22, where it talks about if your brother sins against you, Jesus saying forgive seven times seven and talks about the parable of the unforgiving servant. So this is a hard and high call, the disciples think. And this takes us into today's, Reading. Love the Luke image, by the way. (laughs) Um, So we're going to go from chapter 17 from verse 5. It says this. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea,' and it would obey you. Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink? And afterward, you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what is our duty? So, in response to Jesus talking about forgiveness, the disciples' response is, increase our faith. Interestingly, this is only one of only six times Luke refers to the disciples as apostles. But this has given us an indicator of the important roles that these guys will play in the good news spreading and the building of this new community. And Jesus' response in verse 6 is, if you had faith, like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Notice Jesus doesn't start talking to the disciples about how to grow their faith, how to increase their faith, how they can exercise it and make it grow. Notice the words, if you had faith. What Jesus is getting at is the presence of faith, not the size of it. He's trying to strengthen our faith and help us accomplish great things for the advance of the kingdom by showing us it's not the quantity of our faith, but the power of God. Mm. By referring again to a mustard seed, he's moving away from the size of it or the quantity of faith, but to the object of faith. It's not the size of faith, it's the presence of faith. God moves mulberry trees and we don't need to muster up enough spiritual power when praying for the sick or praying for others for something to happen. We just have to trust in the one who all good gifts come from. I don't know if you're a, a Star Wars fan, but... Uh, if you've ever been into the supermarket and you tried to pretend to move the sliding doors by using the force, if you haven't done that and you've got children, you're, you've wasted your life. Because I've done that a lot with my children and pretended to open supermarket doors. When we first uh, moved into our house, we had, we've got this electric garage door and we've got a little clicker and you press the button and the door opens up. And the kids didn't know that and I had the button in my pocket and I just pretended to move the door up with my hand and they thought that was amazing but obviously it wasn't me that was using my power to open there was something greater at work there classic dad um, move there for you just a top tip if you haven't used that there's something greater than me moving the doors and faith is looking at the incarnation and there's no greater time to consider it. Coming up to Christmas, we can consider Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, incarnate God with us. Our hope, our faith is rooted in a historical event that actually happened. Yeah. For all that we've been through this year, consider this. God came in the form of a baby who would grow into a man, knowing our sufferings, knowing our pain, and would suffer for us and suffer and die for us so that we could be free from sin. And at this time of year, it's so helpful to remind us that we have a faith in a person, in Jesus, and an event, his birth, his death, and his resurrection. And also the coming event as well, that he will return. Jesus is coming back to make a new heaven and a new earth. That's what our hope is set in. Faith is the key to living in the now and the not yet kingdom. Mm. It helps us because even in these present, present sufferings, it says in Romans 8, 18, we suffer now that is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. And when Jesus says we only need faith the size of a seed, we just need to grasp who we have faith in. We need to focus on who we are getting, not what we are getting. We want to grow in our faith and our relationship with God. We need to focus on the one that we get, Jesus, not what we get and the benefits of our faith. When he talks about moving a mulberry tree or moving mountains, as he has done in previous verses, we can... We can often feel inadequate with the things that God may call us to do. I've felt inadequate most of the time in my Christian life, but I know that I have Christ in me, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, through what he calls me to do. And we mustn't get caught up thinking we can actually move trees or, or mountains like some sort of magician. That's not what this verse is about. The mountains he is requiring us to move is unbelief in the lost, to move mulberry trees of sickness, to see his kingdom built here by preaching of the gospel. Faith in him enables us to do what he requires of us. Faith, if we direct our thoughts and our attention correctly, will guide us through even the toughest of times. And when we act in faith, we choose to trust in difficulty, not slide back into old patterns of thoughts and uh, uh, patterns of behavior. That is when we grow, when we choose to trust in those difficult times. There's never been a time in our lifetime like what we're living in now. If you know God, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you need to activate your faith because he is the one, as it says in Ephesians, who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than we, we all ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Consider that for a moment. Just read that verse for a moment. able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to his power not yours consider it and then we get this amazing gift and an ability to serve God and join In with him in his world mission to serve, God is a great honor. And we don't deserve it. And we need to come with humility. And Jesus addresses what it is to serve in the kingdom in the second half of these verses in today's reading, where he talks about the servants plowing and keeping sheep. And this seems a strange and not often preached on passage. That's why it's so good to go through a book of the Bible. Jesus isn't encouraging us to be rude in this, which it might seem like on the initial reading. One of the things that struck me is the way it's written here, recline at table. It's like he's from Yorkshire or something. Recline at table. But he, this is a joy and a privilege that we get to serve Jesus and his bride, the church. So often, human pride can get in the way when serving or looking for what our calling is, as if it's some sort of individual career ladder. Mm. But whatever we do, wherever we're called to serve, it is for the greater good for the body of Christ. And the problem is, today's Western society has been drawn into this kind of individualistic way of thinking. And this passage shows that even after working hard for God, solving all the pastoral problems, serving the poor, reaching the unsaved neighbours and friends, he still owes us nothing. It is by his grace that we are saved and we get to be his servants. And instead, at that moment when we meet him, we still get to relate to him as debtors to his grace, just as we do before. And this is so helpful in our In relation to our faith growth too, because it means that he is able to freely bless us as much before we get our act together, as much as he is after we get our act together, if that ever happens. Because we are unworthy slaves to the king, whether we have worked all day for him or not. Serving him is a right response to his grace and mercy because we have only done what was our duty so even when our faith is on the floor I don't know where your faith is today if you're watching this live if you're watching this later on I don't know where your faith is you don't know where to look this is a great reminder to trust him when we feel like our act is not together we are unworthy we're called into service I find often most when I don't feel like it or I'm feeling low Serving Jesus and his church and looking after others is often what I need the most. The world will tell you, you have your own kingdom. And it's about your world and your kingdom and nobody else's. But when you come to Christ, you're part of a new plan. A plan for his kingdom. And we need to line up with his will and pray for his kingdom to come here on earth. We're part of a, a bigger plan now and a bigger purpose. That's why God is working out His rescue plan through the, the for the world through the local church. That's yes. why I love being part of the New Ground family of churches and new frontiers across the globe because we're focused on as a family of churches planting churches across the globe to reach the lost. Mm. And amazingly, we get pulled into that. We are part of a global mission. He doesn't need us but he wants to use us. and We get to serve this amazing king and we need to get caught up in what God is doing. We need to get caught up in the upward call of God in Jesus Christ and we as Christians can spend time thinking and praying and pondering what God is calling us to. Well, we need to start by serving in some way in the local church. For me, I I didn't know what it was. I didn't know years ago my call was to lead the church through this season. I just thought I would try something. I remember probably 13 or 14 years ago I just started serving. I helped in a kids club that we used to run on a Friday night for the kids from the local estate. And I gave it a go. I don't know if I was any good at it. And then Someone asked me to lead a house group, and I gave it a go. I just had a go. And then I tried Alpha. I might have stuck to that for a bit. And then, because at least 90% of the time, you can figure out what your calling is through serving in the local church. And what, a better, thing, what better thing can you give your time to than serving the kingdom of God? Uh, right now, I appreciate that could be a difficult thing to think about and consider because we're not really meeting in person and we don't really know what's going on and what's happening next. But I believe God is speaking to his people right now. And we need to be listening. What does God want his people and his church to look like the other side of this pandemic? Are you listening to God right now through this season or are you just trying to get through Hoping and praying for a return to normal. Can I urge you, can I encourage you to be seeking God? What's he saying to you right now? He wants us to look different, the other side of this. Maybe he wants us to be a more devoted people, a people that are dedicated to serving the kingdom and seeing God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Terry Virgo Virgo says in a spirit-filled church, he says this, a phrase frequently used in the New Testament to describe people's response to the gospel is that they were added to the church. They did not simply get right with God. They were added to the company of disciples who devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer, see you at the prayer meeting on Tuesday. The early Christians were devoted to fellowship. They were constantly together and relinquished the right to individualism and selfishness by no longer regarding the things they possessed as their own. There was no coercion. People had glad and generous hearts. They expressed commitment to one another as a spontaneous outworking of their new life in Christ. They'd all been drinking of it by the same Jesus. My prayer for my life, for your life, for the life of the church is this, is to be like David. And what it says in Acts 13, 36, for David, after he had served the purposes of God in his own generation, he fell asleep is that you and I and this church would serve God and the purposes of this generation that we are in. Even, that it's not to earn points, but it serves the king and his ever-increasing kingdom. We are called to serve the purposes of God in this generation through this pandemic. You can play your part in this. What does God want you and your walk with him to look like the other side of this pandemic? Where does he want you to serve him to help make his bride more beautiful? As we close, just to summarise this chapter so far, what's it says so far in chapter 17? Do what God asks. Stay true. Guard against sin be forgiving, have faith, and serve dutifully. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go into um, our after-church chat and into breakout rooms, where i just love you to talk about what we've discussed this morning and pray for one another. So, Father, I want to thank you that it isn't about the size of our faith or how well we do. We just need faith the size of a mustard seed, We just need faith in you. We need faith in a person, the one who came, the one who was born, the one who dwelt among us. Lord, help us, Mm -hmm. Lord Jesus. Help us focus on you, O God. And Lord, help us as we look to you in this season, help us focus on what it is that you are calling us to be. Help us Uh, help shape your your church your bride lord as we look to reach the lost and the broken and to see your your kingdom come and your will be done lord thank you that we get to serve you in this life lord we love you i pray for everyone watching and listening this morning will you come and meet with them come and speak to them i pray for your blessing over them right now people lord watching is feeling low and uh, struggling right now. Will you come and speak to them? Let them fix their eyes upon you, oh God. Let them know the plans and purposes for their life within this glorious kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.